I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female, where every week I speak with women changemakers who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. This week, my guest is Mia Nielsen, Director of Art Toronto, Canada's annual art fair running October 29 through November 8. This year, Art Toronto is playing it big after a year of no in-person events due to COVID. With 10 days of art online and in-person from Vancouver to Halifax, and with global conversations, the fair is truly responding to the moment, including a commitment to reflecting the true diversity of artists from our country, including gender representation. And leading all of this excitement is Mia, who has been a producer and creator of art and design spaces for over 20 years. Here is our conversation. Mia, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you so much for making time to speak with me. Thank you, Eva. It's really a pleasure to be here. And I'm especially grateful that we get a chance to talk because you are currently in the midst of uh, starting the setup for Art Toronto, which starts just a few days from now. By the time our listeners hear this, it will be, uh, you know, in full motion. So this is all very exciting. And you must be very excited to be back in a physical format after having to skip a year. Absolutely. Um, it has, uh, COVID has been a wild ride for all of us and certainly for uh, producers of large-scale events and exhibitors. Um, it's been a um, it's been a journey, but I have to say, you, just being on the show floor today, um, seeing the walls go up, knowing that exhibitors are going to be here within hours to install, seeing the incredible exhibitions that they're bringing, I'm so excited for our audiences to um, to be immersed in this environment. Hmm. Uh, indeed. And we're going to get to talk a little bit about what the 2021 edition uh, has to offer. But mm-hmm. I want to go back in time a little bit to start the conversation and, uh, you know, have a, a look at your own journey. Sure. Um, and I'm curious to know when you were growing up, when you were younger, did you already dream of a career in the arts? Absolutely. Yeah. From, um, I mean, for as long as I can remember, I mean, as a child, um, it was more singing and, and performance art. Um, my mom was a singer. Um, there was a lot of, a lot of creative people, a lot of just creativity in general. Um, it wasn't until university that I chose like to, to go towards visual art and then, which quickly turned into curation. I would be in the um, in in the studios, and I, I was so interested in what other people were making, and found myself, you know, having a lot of conversations with with young artists about what they were making, and and just making connections. I'd be like, oh, it's so interesting that you that that this is your concern, or this is what you're exploring here in sculpture. Do you do you know this person who's in photography, who's interested in the same thematic, but kind of coming at it from a different direction? Mm-hmm. And those conversations kind of led really organically into contributing to exhibitions, you know, um, helping people install and select work, and then putting on exhibitions of my own. Mm. And 
I'm curious to know what was that like? And obviously we're, we're a show where, where, you know, we talk about women and women's experiences. Mm. Uh, we know, generally speaking, women, uh, you know, there is a gender bias in the arts industry, just like in many other industries, unfortunately. Um, throughout your years doing this work, what has been your experience working with women artists specifically, but also in your own role, being a woman approaching you know, this position as a, as a, as a leader creating uh, other people's art. And did you, I'm curious to know as well, and, and we'll talk about, you know, the context around Art Toronto in a, in a few minutes, but have you seen a progression or a shift? And I'm hoping the answer is yes, <laughs> since you started working in the industry. For sure. I will say that, yes, there is absolutely gender bias. There, there, there are glass ceilings in in the art world like there are in so many industries, particularly in the museum world. But I have to say something that was so inspiring to me when I was in school was the truly visionary women who came up in the 20th century um, who supported artists, who were art dealers, who really blazed a trail of their own. And I think part of what was exciting to me about the art world, and I mean, still frankly is, that so many can find an alternative path. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of luck involved. There's there's a, um, and there is, of, of course, there's privilege. But I also think that there are opportunities for self-direction here mm -hmm. in the, in the art world that, um, it may, maybe it's a little easier to get off a beaten path in terms of artist representation. I've seen a, an incredible surge over the last, you know, maybe five, six, seven, eight years for recognition of women artists, but both young artists and, you know, artists who have come before, you know, I think of um, um, Hilma Klimt, whose, whose exhibition at the Guggenheim a couple of years ago was an absolute sensation. Um, a really important artist who had not been recognized for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and today, I mean, I see certainly in, gallery rosters. I mean, you know, when I started in this industry, it was very common to have an all-male roster. I mean, right. it was almost a rigor. Mm. And now it's almost unheard of. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful to see. And with that, we also see a really exciting range of practices that we may not have seen you know, years before. And I'm thinking about like, you know, works that may have been considered more craft-based, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, like tapestries and ceramics and, and these kinds of work aren't necessarily, aren't, they're not exclusively made by women, but there is a new recognition for the beauty of that work but also the cultural significance and the language, the cultural language that these objects are speaking, that it's not just about, it's not just paintings anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we've been talking about women in the arts, and obviously we know for women in any profession, 
you know, finding that balance of uh, personal life and often family life and knowing, and I think this has been amplified throughout the pandemic, women are often responsible for the added responsibilities around childcare, among other things, uh, and then being able to balance other aspects of the art world. And in some cases for artists, this includes, you know, running your own business, promoting your 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 work and, you know, wearing multiple hats in addition to being a creator. And I wonder what that looks like for you. And often in these conversations, I bring up, you know, I hate talking about the concept of balance because I don't think balance is achievable at all times. We always strive for it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's more about staying grounded and, you know, making it work. Uh, what does that mean for you? And has anything changed uh, throughout the pandemic or as a result of the pandemic? Sure. Uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, I've, um, I'm a single mom, um, and, and have been on my own with my son almost since the beginning. So I totally get that balance of career home, um, you know, and also creative pursuits. Um, I think that, I mean, it's getting easier now that, you know, he's, he's in, he's a teenager. I mean, so he, you know, he's self-sufficient in some ways. I mean, certainly in the pandemic, you know, like a lot of kids his age, it was, it wasn't necessarily about like, you know, taking care of the, like the physical needs of young children, but really helping him through the psychological, the, you know, the, um, the stress of it all. And, and I think, you know, what you said about balance is really important that sure it is something that we strive for all the time and it's totally a goal. And it is, it is definitely important to take care of yourself and know like when, when that needs to become the priority and when work needs to needs to become the priority. But it was also about like, you know, kind of like weathering the storm together. Mm, Absolutely. And I mean, I, I think this is a good segue to talk about your work at Art Toronto, which you joined as director in 2019. So this gave you one edition before the pandemic, if I, if I got this right? Well, yeah, kind of like kind of half an edition, really, because I came into I came into the fair halfway through the planning process of 2019. So yeah, I was able to make some adjustments, um, in the show, but mostly it was, uh, it was, you know, the incredible team that I, I had the, had the opportunity to join who had put that show together. Mm -hmm. And so this is really my first in-person fair, the first kind of true, true vision of what I've been working on. So it's really exciting to be back into the show mm-hmm. to look at the fair as like as an exhibition because you know at heart I mean exhibition making is is what I do and have done for a long time mm-hmm. um before art toronto I was the curator of a boutique uh, hotel group and was really focused in bringing art and culture into alternative spaces and appealing to um to wide audiences to diverse audiences you know, uh, placemaking and collaborating with festivals and putting on huge events. So this was, this year's Art Toronto is an opportunity to come back to that exhibition structure and, and connect with audiences on different levels in that space. 
Mm. And tell me about the opportunity that you see in the Canadian context. I mean, you know, the, the show takes place in Toronto. Obviously, there's amazing representation from galleries across Canada, artists from across Canada as well. Um, and it's really become kind of this tradition for anyone that, you know, follows the art circuit and, you know, some of us may be attending the art basil of the world and so on, but uh, there is something very unique about and, 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 and something wonderful about having this event that takes place in our, in our own backyard and that brings uh, forth so much Canadian talent. Um, and I'm curious to know, after a year, really, you know, having to take a year off, I think there was some virtual programming, but um, how are you approaching the 2021 edition? Oh, boy. Well, um, first of all, I, I think that part of what makes Art Toronto so exciting is that there are so many incredible artists who are coming out of Canada right now. Mm -hmm. So um, there's an opportunity with Art Toronto that you can you can come to the show and see artists before before they're really recognized on the world stage. I'm thinking about, you know, somebody like Sarah Sweenar, who... Um, um, was really the toast of Performa in New York a couple of weeks ago and has works in the Guggenheim and other major museums. You know, Curtis Talway Santiago is an, another one who has um, an important show on in Paris right now. With, you know, thinking about the the exhibition of Art Toronto, you know, we had some some restrictions, I guess, that that we had to we had to take into consideration some changes to the space. Um, most importantly, we needed to put wider aisles in to allow for, you know, more, more flow. And, you know, there were a number of these, you know, COVID measures that we had to take into consideration. And I mean, I'm so lucky to work with this incredible team and, you know, we, we put our heads together and we looked at like, how do we, how can we make this an exciting experience for the audience and so, so what we did was, you know, we took this minimum number and we made it even bigger. We made, we made these aisles so big that we were able to um, invite galleries to come in and program that space. And so there will be sculptures and installations within these extra wide aisles. So it'll have almost like the feeling of a sculpture garden and of, um, you know, wandering through these in incredible, incredible works. We also worked with a new, um, a new designer, um, Ali McQuaid is her name. She's amazing. She's, um, she has a company called Future Studio here in Toronto. And she has brought this really elegant vision to creating these, um, these small lounge spaces and these like moments of repose, like in the middle of this sculpture garden. It, that sounds absolutely wonderful. And so the fair does a wonderful job, uh, obviously of showcasing Canadian art. Um, you know, the physical fair is attended by a lot of, of Canadian collectors. I'm assuming some who travel as well, although that might that might be slightly different this year, but uh, hopefully the, the international uh, collectors are back as well. Um, what are other ways that, you know, as, as a, you know, the industry overall, uh, we can promote Canadian talent and make sure that the wonderful artists, you know, that we have here 
are really seeing their work uh, appreciated and enjoyed, you know, beyond our own borders. Yeah, that's so important to me. Um, you know, in in terms of the fair this year, you know, the um, and and you know, this is another kind of learning from the pandemic, like the the tools for you know experiencing art online. Um, have become so sophisticated with, you know, the VR rooms, which we do have, you know, the incredible image quality that makes sharing work across borders, you know, and, and promoting Canadian work internationally. Um, we've, I mean, we have, we have, so, we have so many tools and it's really exciting for me to see in particular because, um, I've been part of this aspect, um, of the art world for a long time. It was, uh, oh my God, it was like in 2000 after doing a stint um, with Sotheby's and their online division that I, I, I started my first business, um, and which was promoting contemporary Canadian art internationally. And the, the bread and butter of my work was, was through online sales, mostly of Canadian artists to American collectors. But that also grew to you know, working on exhibitions. I worked with a couple of art fairs. I even did, um, I did a couple of exhibitions in, um, in Europe of Canadian artists, all as a result of that early online promotion, production, uh, and outreach. Wonderful. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD's services for women in business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners who can provide education, financing, mentorship, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. And, um, well, interestingly enough, in the last edition pre-COVID, um, I was lucky enough to uh, host a, a tour with a curator from the Museum of Contemporary Art of Montreal, Marie-Ève Beaupré. Mm-hmm. And Marie-Ève and I actually, well, and I should give her the credit because really it was her team who led this exercise. Um, she worked on tallying up the artists represented at the fair. And it turns out that you had reached parity and there was uh, equivalent... Uh, you know, women artists and men artists represented, which was fantastic. Yeah, that is um, amazing. And obviously since that time, and, and that's already great because we know that in most art shows, in most museums, in most exhibits, um, this is not the norm. Uh, mm-hmm. There are typically more male artists uh, represented in any given institution. So this really, uh, you know, this gives credit to um, the, 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 the interest and the efforts towards uh, equity and and diversity and, uh, you know, showing as much of our, of our Canadian talent in its entirety as possible. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to know for this year's edition, I mean, 
you know, we can't hide from the events of the past year and a half. And uh, the the COVID pandemic has also, I think, brought a racial reckoning, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement conversations, uh, and in Canada, several conversations around uh, issues that Indigenous communities and Indigenous people continue to face in our country. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to know how you're addressing that in the context of this year's edition. Yeah, that's such a great question and such and such an important important topic. Um and and of course, I mean, you know, working in culture, you know, these are these are such important considerations. So we started last year in 2020 as part of our online programming, a conversation was a panel discussion on decolonizing museums and collections. Uh, it was an incredible incredible panel and included Larry Ose Mensa, who's a wonderful curator from the States, as well as Sandra Jackson Dumont, uh, who runs um, a museum in LA. Um, This year, it was so important that we continue that, that we make this an annual conversation, that this is this a moment where we where we return to this issue because it is so important and is not something that is going to be fixed. In, in a short period of time. This is something that requires all of us to, um, to focus and, and learn and to, you know, question our biases and, um, and move forward in a, you know, in a more supportive and celebratory way. Mm-hmm. So this year, um, the decolonizing panel um, features uh, all Indigenous um, practitioners, so curators, museum directors, um, an artist. It includes Dr. Patricia Norby. She's the first Indigenous curator at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in um, in New York, mm-hmm. um, as well as uh, John G. Hampton, um, who's the director of the Mackenzie Art Gallery in Saskatchewan, as the uh, the first Two Spirit director of of a museum mm-hmm. so that's going to be a really a really wonderful wonderful conversation um you know certainly in Canada as we unpack our you know colonialist history and the the genocide of of indigenous peoples um it's been really exciting to work in the art world and see so many incredible makers from those communities whose work is is getting so much um, so much attention, um, you know, I think that like something that I think is really wonderful about art is that it has a way of communicating when language can't. I think that art can be can be visionary and can and can lead the way. Um, and with our galleries, we're seeing so many bring um, an incredible stable of Indigenous, Métis, and Inuit artists. Over 30% of our galleries will have will have Indigenous artworks, and that is an in, that includes you know what one would think of perhaps as like traditional um, carvings or mm. prints, but also incredibly contemporary, like beaded sculptures, um, digital artworks, uh, painted installations. Um, it's really exciting to see the works that are, that are coming out now. Mm. And that sounds fantastic. Um, so very, very excited to see all of that, uh, at, uh, at this year's edition. Um, 
for listeners who uh, maybe are budding art collectors or, mm-hmm. you know, starting to build an art collection. And obviously, you know, RTO is a great place to, uh, you know, look at a, a, a variety of artists, become familiar with what is, uh, you know, producing Canada and really uh, uh, come across a beautiful diversity of, of art in terms of medium, in terms of uh, artists, in terms of uh, background and, and so on. But for anyone looking to support women artists specifically, what would be a good place to start? Um, well, the certainly, you know, as as you said earlier, you know, we we do have close to gender parity. So, you know, looking specifically for works by women, you'll find an incredible diversity here here at the show. And for people who are, you know, uh, curious about art collecting, or perhaps who you know, are just, um, just getting started. Um, there is a real range of works. I mean, certainly there are museum worthy works at Art Toronto, um, really, really serious works, but then there are also others by, you know, much younger artists that, you know, are started like a few hundred dollars. So there's, uh, mm-hmm. there's really something for <laughs> something for everyone, you know, to, use a beaten phrase. (laughs) (laughs) But there's also a wonderful, a wonderful diversity of gallery owners. You know, there Mm, are so many, you know, and, and galleries, particularly in Canada, I mean, they are, they're essentially small businesses. Yeah. And, um, many of our galleries are run by women. So, uh, they're, you know, they're women who, own these galleries and some of them, you know, have been, have been at it for 20, 30 plus years. Um, and others are, um, are much newer, you know, truly visionary. I mean, I think of, you know, of course you're in Montreal and, and, um, I'm such a fan of Project Panger. I think that Mm, what they do is, is so exciting and, and, and visionary, you know, and then you, you know, look at someone like Jane Corkin or Miriam Scheel, who, um, who have been, you know, developing the art market in Canada for, for decades. So, um, one of, one of my favorite programs this year is, um, is a conversation that will be on our online art fair platform, it's uh, powered by Artland. It will be um, up until November seventh, so uh, certainly your listeners will have a chance to to explore that. So we have a really interesting panel regarding the new museum's triennial. So this the exhibition is called uh, Soft Water Heart Stone. It was co curated by Margot Norton. The new museum triennial is a really important exhibition for young talent for emerging artists it's a real career launcher it's Mm. it's i mean internationally there is no better place to discover artists who are really about to kind of like hit a new level in their careers like the new museum triennial Mm -hmm. so this year is quite interesting because there um there are a number of canadians that are included and uh including nadia balarique Janine Frayanjutli and Lori Kang, um, three incredible female artists. 
That panel includes Margot Norton, the curator, and is moderated by RBC's senior curator, Corey Jackson. Mm, wonderful. A really, it's a powerhouse of a table, I must say. Yes. And something that I found so exciting about that panel is each speaks about their work, of course, Margot from her curatorial perspective, and then the artists, you know, kind of describing their journey of developing their works. But there's this beautiful moment in that panel where the three artists are talking about how they have admired each other's works. Their works are all vastly different, but they have each learned something from the other, whether it's from simply seeing each other's works, whether it's, you know, sharing studio space or residency space or just knowing each other socially. It's this it's a really exciting moment for Canadian art and these these three young women who are really hitting their stride in an important way. And that's being recognized on the global stage. Right. That sounds absolutely wonderful. I hope I can catch that. Um, this brings me to want to ask you about the state of the art market in Canada. Sure. Um, you know, a year and a half of pandemic, which we know has, you know, caused major shifts in most industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm especially interested in hearing about what this means for Canadian artists specifically. And you're obviously in touch with uh, a lot of the galleries who are part of the fair, uh, but artists as well. So what's the you know, what's the pulse of the market and um, are we seeing more opportunities? Are we seeing a slowdown? And what does it mean, uh, obviously, thinking of our women artists specifically? Sure. I mean, I think that like with so many things about the pandemic, I mean, there isn't necessarily one answer or there isn't you know, there isn't one answer that fits all. But I will say that, you know, I think the pandemic invited people to to, to consider art differently that mm-hmm. during the, during the, you know, excruciatingly long lockdown, um, you know, there were so many people who started looking at their homes differently, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, suddenly your home had to become so many things. It was your office. It was your yoga studio. It was your, uh, it was your daycare. It was your <laughs> cinema. Um, and so, you know, certainly with our galleries, and and this is not a one size fits all kind of an answer, but there were there were many who reconnected with collectors, met new collectors, you know. Yeah. And when when things started to open up again, you know, returning to galleries, returning to museums, um, was such an incredibly special special thing. Um, so I think, you know, all things considered that the, that the market is, is quite strong right now. And that a lot of people are looking at art and, and interested in living with art in a, with like a renewed, um, focus and excitement. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like I was saying earlier, certainly over the last few years, recognizing that a lot needs to be done to ensure that gender parity is a lasting, um, reality. Yeah. Yeah. Reality. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think that there are certainly when I think about curators, um, galleries, 
there's a real interest in looking at work by women, showing and supporting work by women, particularly diverse women, yeah. um, and you know, transgendered women. Like you know that that it's not a binary. That there is a um, um, that in the art world, you know, and that that it's becoming less of a monoculture. Right. And you know, and I think about this in terms of in terms of Black Lives Matter and in, in terms of, you know, um, the indigenous reckoning that we're having in Canada right now, that art is this really important vehicle for processing, processing trauma and transcending into new conversations. I think, you know, art can really, um, it is our memory keeper in some ways. It is it is stories that we have told, but it is also the future that we create. Mm. So well said. So true. Thank you. <laughs> and I want to ask you about what's one thing that you're really excited by, probably linked to the arts and the and visual arts specifically, in the next 12 months? What's something that you're looking forward to as we it seems are making our way out and into this post COVID recovery phase. Yeah. Um, I mean, I gotta say I'm incredibly, I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited to, to just have more cultural experiences in person, Mm -hmm. whether they be performances, um, you know, um, exhibitions, uh, music, dance, you know, all of it. I, I find it so, it's so rejuvenating. It, you know, kind of, um, it inspires you to think differently, to, to access different, um, ways of thinking, to get a sense of what it's like to be in someone's shoes for, for, for a few minutes, even if it's, um, even if it may seem abstract in the moment, um, we've so much to learn from and teach each other through art and performance. And I've missed people, (laughs) missed experiences, (laughs) and I'm incredibly excited to see and experience everything I can. Wonderful, and I echo those sentiments. Um, In closing, my favorite question to ask everyone I speak to on the show, uh, what is one thing you wish women would do less of? Um, Judge each other. Mm -hmm. I think that in in this day and age, it can be so easy to to try to take someone down from far away that um, I would love to see more conversations, more, um, more, more connections. Mm -hmm. Well, and art is an important part of making this happen. So perfect, perfect, you know, way to conclude our conversation. We're um, very excited to see the, the, this year's edition of Art Toronto. We will link uh, to decide and hopefully our, our listeners can drop by. Thank you so much, Mia. It was great catching up with you and best of luck with this edition. Looking forward to seeing you at the fair. Thanks so much, Eva. I look forward to seeing you there. And the um, online fair will be on until November 7th on 
the arttoronto.ca site, and then we'll continue on Artsy on until December eighth. So there's lots of lots to see, lots of art to enjoy. Wonderful. So we'll include all those links, and everybody can engage with the fair. That's fantastic. Awesome. Thank you, Mia. Thanks for having me. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs, for the support of The Brandy's Female. You got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandysfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Marketing and digital growth, Kayla Gillis. And partnerships, Natalie Hope.